Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PHLY Eagles podcast on a Monday at high noon, kicking off Combine Week. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman here in the studio in Philadelphia, and we fly out to Indianapolis in just a couple hours. We're going to hear from Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni tomorrow. We will be live from Indianapolis tomorrow at 3 o'clock, so keep that in mind. A little deviation from our septum and the 12 o'clock schedule. Then we'll be back at noon all week long. Zach, how was your weekend? How you doing? Doing great. So excited for this week. Love working. <laughs> well, yes, but the Combine, um, this, is, uh, this is always fun for me, the Combine, because it's the start of the offseason. It would be a good bit season. is if you just um, if you spent the whole week calling it the Combine and just purposely yeah. mispronouncing it that would not be hey uh, jordan rodrigue good to see you here at the combine yeah you should do that that, that seems to be a, it's good, a good social experiment just everybody to be, every yeah. conversation you have just call it the combine that seems to be a good bow bit um but i am uh yeah i'm doing well had a nice weekend and just pumped for this week finding out some some intel on the eagles seeing a lot of familiar faces meeting some new faces uh should be fun did you say you meet the faces? <laughs> meeting some, uh, meeting some new people. It should be fun. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, I do, you know, a couple, a couple little thoughts on the uh, very good show, the mailbag show oh, on Friday with Handsome Rich. We can get to. I want to talk a little bit about the salary cap bump, whether that mm. changes your expectations for anything the Eagles do roster building wise over the next couple months. And love uh, talking roster building uh, as well. A little bit of the uh, coaching staff. Uh, to talk about, but let's 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 start in on the combine. Yes, we hear from Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni tomorrow, and I guess set the scene with. Let's start with Howie because we have a long history of uh, these press conferences at the combine from Howie Roseman over the course of his decade plus in yeah. charge. What are the types of questions you think he will be asked? And historically speaking, uh, how like how honest does he seem to be in these settings? I don't want to accuse him of being dishonest. I think he's agenda setting often in these in these settings. Purposefully which, misleading. Or or I, I wouldn't even say purposely misleading. Sometimes misleading, but sometimes purposely leading. Like wants wants to emphasize a particular topic. You know, the 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 year that they signed Calculated. The year that they signed Hassan Reddick, uh, he he his main talking point was it's it's no secret we we need help at edge rusher. It's no secret you know we need to improve the pass rush, and then they go out at the start of free agency and sign Hassan Reddick to a three year forty five million dollar deal. There are years, for instance, when the Eagles aren't going to spend, and he kind of puts that out there, like tries to make it clear that this is not one of those years. Um, we all remember when he so graciously allowed Nick Foles to uh, hit the open market. At the combine, yes, the uh, goodness of his heart. Yes, uh, there are years coming off the Super Bowl where a big emphasis of his is avoiding complacency, right? And and that's kind of the message is that he's walking around Indianapolis and everyone's congratulating him, and he's he all he's thinking about is how can how can we go get another one? Uh, so yeah, that, look, this will be my twelfth combine because or no eleventh combine because the the COVID year. There was not a combine. Of course, so cruel to you, yes. Not so so the in well well twenty twenty there was a combine and Howie famously made a joke um, 
I don't watch it say famously, but he got up there and he said, I don't want to get too close. This, this, this COVID thing. And by that point it was just like a, uh, yeah. a topic of conversation going on I mean, overseas. It was, it was like days away. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, perhaps it was circulating in Indianapolis. Perhaps and didn't so. Know. So th- that's all a way of saying that with Howie, you, you kind of get the, uh, the, whatever he wants to emphasize on that particular week. With Nick, we only really have uh, we have we have two combines to go off of here. One was Jalen focused. One was kind of coaching staff focused. Last year, if you, if you recall, they announced that they hired Sean Desai like hours before, yes, or or even minutes before the uh, the press. They conference. didn't announce it. It was reported. It was it was right. it was. Yeah, reported. They were hoping to hold off until after. Yeah, guess. it was reported, but no, they 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 did put it on their social feed at some point. That's right. Yeah, so. Uh, a lot of it was that. That was his first time speaking since Jonathan Gannon had left. So hearing, yes. hearing the Gannon talk. Uh, was, and I think Gannon spoke right before uh, Nick last well, year. Remember Pete Carroll is the one who spilled the beans on Desai. That's what it was. Okay, yes, that's what it was. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, so we don't really have much to go off of in terms of this is how Nick we. will be. But there are a lot of pertinent questions this year because it's the first time they're speaking since that press conference four days after the se- or a week after the season, rather. And there have been a few things since then. Coaching staff has been put together. Both these coordinators have been uh, reports about Nick, reports about the team. I mean, Derek Gunn had the report last week about uh, Dom DeSandro and how his absence really hurt the Eagles. On the sideline, so there's 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 going to be a, a, a lot of these uh, questions for Nick, and then for Howie, I think most of it's going to be about building the roster, how how they're going to kind of ap- approach free agency, how they're going to approach the draft, some of these um, particular uh, uh, you know players coming back, are they going to move on from so and so, and then you always have the um, non-Philly reporters who are there, yeah, and they're sure. sneaking in. Combine question, you know, you know, uh, questions about certain position or certain prospect, and then stuff that's pertinent to, to their market. So it it really is. And I said this the other day. It's like how Rich Hoffman said on your show last week when Malcolm Jenkins was there, he would go from topic A to topic B, topic C, back to topic A. That's kind of how it is in these combine press conferences. So for Howie, what are because I, I think the like specific player questions, you tend to get non-answers or evasive answers. Like, you know, if he's asked on the record about, you know, do you think Jason Kelsey's coming back? Or uh, like, do you have a plan for uh, Fletcher Cox? Or like, how do you feel about the wide receiver position? Remember, like they went into the owners meetings yes. a year ago or two years ago, ta- two years ago before they traded for A.J. Brown, talking about we feel, we feel good with Quez because, you know, he's got to get Devontae and Dallas <laughs> yes. Goddard got to get their targets. So, you know. We feel good about Quez. Um, that stuff you're not likely to get a straight answer on. Sure. What are some of the like big picture um, roster building questions that you think are are pertinent to him? Well, linebacker and safety, right? Even if you're not getting specific things there, if if he feels, and it's a question you asked in a, in a good way post in the postseason, and you really didn't get much of a question. Or Nicobe. don't get much of an. Uh, we got an a lot of faith in Nicobe as yeah. a person and a player. But how how they're going to approach those two positions? Uh, I mean, he doesn't need to say we're going to spend X, 
but it's pretty clear that they need upgrades here. Is this a position where they feel they, they do need to make more of a splash in free agency or an emphasis in, in free agency relative to what they've done in the past? Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you think, and you, this is not a Howie question, you're guessing as to what the Eagles are going to do this, this offseason. Do you think they're more likely to make a, a multi-year significant signing at linebacker or safety? Safety. I think safety is a better market. For them, I still think philosophically the way the organization views corner hasn't changed. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, linebacker hasn't changed. I said I said corner there because um, when you look at the safety spot, there's a handful of things in the secondary, like Avante Maddox, for instance. Maybe they view him as a safety, and maybe they're saying, "Well, Sidney Brown's coming off the ACL. We like Reed Blankenship. If we can just get a placeholder." here and then we have Blankenship and Sidney Brown that could be the way to go they have more invested in safety than they have a linebacker but that would be a case against safety that's what I'm saying so that's why I hesitated there but I still think they feel I'm on the fence here they still think they feel like they need to fortify safety and linebacker organizationally and how he has said this to me at the combine in the past some positions you need to trust your your coaching and your scouting and linebackers one of those spots now the variable here that we can't account for is Vic Fangio comes yes. in, and Vic Fangio presumably has clout in terms of the roster construction. And I think the other thing that Howie has said in the past, remember when they traded for Darius Slay, it was, you know, sometimes when you take a shot at a position and you miss, the penalty that you have to pay is like acquiring these veterans, right? And so you draft Sidney Jones in the second yeah. round, and he doesn't hit. Now you got to trade for yeah. Darius Slay. Not to say that that is how they view N'Kobe Dean. Yep. I think they would like N'Kobe Dean to be one of the two starters, but... Uh, they have they, they have not hit on that position developing wise. I th- and I, there are there are some options at linebacker. I have beg- I, I entered the offseason thinking safety for the same reasons because yeah. uh, I, it, it seems like that's going to be a market where there are going to be guys available. And you know having three good safeties if both Reed Blankenship and Sidney Brown hit, that's a good problem to have. Um, but. I do think that, like, that, you know, linebacker is, you, you talk about the Vic thing, like, I feel like part of Vic Fangio coming in is like, well, you're going to get me better linebackers, right? Like, and, and, I, and I think that is not, that would not be a, a big surprise. Yeah, and of course, it, it depends who's on the market and what the price is. Uh, but there is a surplus of linebackers and safeties, I would say, starting caliber ones, if, if the Eagles wanted to go that route. I also think, aside from roster construction, a, a question that is going to come up, perhaps to Howie and perhaps to Nick, maybe both, is Jalen Hurts. Uh, because, look, you you had NFL Network, Mike Garofalo, say on Super Bowl Sunday that the team has spoken to, to Jalen Hurts about being more outgoing, right? And, and they viewed the Pro Bowl as like a step in the right direction. You've seen multiple reports um, about Jalen's personality. And I've been on record on the show and elsewhere saying that when – you praise Jalen when you're winning. It can't be the same things like like well, like when you're, I use the Bull Durham quote, you know, that uh, when you're in the show, the f- f- fungus in your shower shoes is colorful, and when you're in the minors, you're just sloppy, right? And so when you're winning, if it's interpreted as like this is the most intense, hardworking, you know, hardworking guy, when you're losing, it's kind of like standoffish or reserved, right? And so you can't necessarily have it both ways, although if you are the thermostat, and not the thermometer. What you're doing is you're you're setting the temperature, and 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 that if 
Jalen's true to his 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 words. When they're losing, he needs to be, be the one setting the temperature. He can't be the one on the side. That said, what do you think Nick and Howie are, are, are going to say regarding Jalen? Nothing but positives. Like You Jaylen, don't think they're going to want to push him at all? No. Okay. Not publicly. Okay. Jalen is a Jalen Hurts is a great leader. It's one of the reasons we we love Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons that we signed him to be our franchise quarterback. We have no no concerns about Jalen Hurts. Does he need as to be? Does he he need to be more outgoing with his teammates? Jalen does a lot of things that you guys don't see mm-hmm. behind the scenes. I'm the very last thing that I'm worried about is Jalen Hurts as a leader. So Mike Garofalo was wrong. I didn't see the report that you are <laughs> referencing. I am telling you that Jalen Hurts is everything that we want him to be as a leader. Okay. Do you think differently? You think they're gonna? You're gonna? You think they're gonna take this opportunity to publicly call out the quarterback? I don't think call out. I think there's a way of doing it where he's saying, "Look, he's." Mm-hmm. You have to remember, he's 25 years old, right? He's still growing. Um, there's a lot of strong personalities on on the team. We 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 love Jalen. We also think that you know as as he continues to grow. You're gonna see, or but I I do think they'll say that there's a there's a side of his personality that you don't see that he's gonna show more people that those close to him see that he, more people can be exposed to. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's beyond them to to say that. I disagree. Okay. I will be shocked if they say anything negative about Jalen Hurts well, tomorrow. It's not black or white, right? It's it's not like positive or 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 negative. It it could be. Uh, the way they they frame it, yeah. I mean, the, you could say something like, you know, when you have a when when a season ends the way that it did for us, everybody looks themselves in the mirror and wonders what they could have done differently. And I'm sure that Jalen did that as well. But from where I sit, I there is nothing more that I want out of Jalen Hurts as a yeah. as a leader of this team. Yeah, I I think both things can be true. I also don't think something comes out on the morning of Super Bowl Sunday on the NFL Network. Um, without like the Eagles wanting that to oh, to be I, understood. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt that they seeded that to go out, but I don't think they're going to put their face on it. By the way, I, I I this this comment from Darlene stop it, Zach Jalen is the same guy he was during the Super Bowl the prior year. That's literally what I just said. Mm-hmm. I said it can be interpreted one way when you're winning and another way when you're losing. I don't think. That's the exact argument that I'm making with Jalen Hurts is that he is the same in these situations. And if it's praised when they're winning, you have to accept it when you're losing. Yeah, I just I don't think they're going to. OK, I mean, like the, the conversation we had with Les about like how how great is the relationship between Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts? I don't think Nick Sirianni is going to come out in his first press conference and like so discord with his quarterback. And so what's he say about Kellen Moore? Um. He probably will say, I, I was looking at pictures, and I kind of think he looks like a mix of, like a, a love child of Bo Wolf and Joe Dolan. That'd be an odd statement for him to make. Love the energy that Kellen brings. Okay. Uh, is, is your offense going to look different? Oh, well, of course it's going to look different. Yeah. You know, Kellen, Kellen is, is here to bring fresh ideas and fresh eyes to the offense and add some things that maybe we let get stale over time. It's all about figuring out uh, how to use our guys and the best way and put them in the best position to succeed I have always said that my job as a head coach is to get the best out of every every player and Kellen is here to help me do that and I'm here to help him however he needs me to okay that's good uh what's how we say about the roster about well, you gotta ask me you can't just go Howie okay. what about the roster you gotta give me a more specific question than that 
Okay, I was I I, I didn't realize I was giving you a press conference here, but that would if, be a good way to start, actually. Yeah. Howie, what about the roster? All right, Howie, Howie, what about the roster? Let's see where he takes it. Howie, where do you stand at linebacker and safety? We love Nicobe Dean, the player and the person. Uh, yeah, listen, you know, there's no doubt that that um, we need to get better at linebacker. Um, we were really happy with what we got from Zach Cunningham last year. Played at a high level. He's a free agent. Uh, Nicobe, we still believe in very much. I mean, you should see the work that that guy puts in behind the scenes. Uh, one of the best young leaders that we've ever had. But, uh, you know, it's my job to, to get us better there. What about the... Uh Wow, here, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you the question. Howie, how does uh, the increase in the salary cap change your plans during the next few months or affect your plans during the next month and a half? Well, it's good to see you, Zach. It's uh, always good to see Howie. Always yes. good to see you. Um, yes. Always good to see a friendly face. Uh, yeah, listen. <laughs> it's, a, it's the same across the league, right? Uh, this yes. is, it's, no, it's no huge surprise that the salary cap continues to grow. Um, it's part of our roster building philosophy, but it doesn't change too much because, you know, if you're doing your job, this is sort of what you're expecting. Okay. Can I ask follow-ups to that? Sure. Yeah. Is this what you expected, this type of jump in cap, a $30 million unprecedented jump? And as you put your off-season planning together in the beginning of February, uh, were you expecting this amount of cap space? Well, listen, your job as a general manager, as a, as a roster builder, is to be prepared for different scenarios. And so, yeah, there was, there was, this was a possibility that we considered that there mm -hmm. might be so much extra room. And I don't think it changes our philosophy too much. We don't have, you know, at some point you have to make some concessions. It's not, uh, you know, it's not an, uh, a cap of infinity. We still have tough decisions Ooh. to make. But, um, yeah, we're, pre we're prepared. Do you think he'll, he'll use cap of infinity? No. Maybe he's watching right now. Howie, if, if you can use Cap of Infinity, I would know you're a uh, loyal listener to the show. Okay. Um, let me ask, ask you, Bo Wolf, how do you think it affects them? Um, it's a good question, and I was going to ask you that Thank as well. You, I think Thank that you. one thing, I, uh, I think James Bradbury is probably gone now. I was about to say that it, it can affect the players you let go because you can take on dead cap space. Yes, I think that is probably the most tangible effect. Here, uh, it's probably still a post-June one, but I think you might get out ahead of it. Um, and that it's going to affect whether, like, I, I think it probably means they, they try to bring back Fletcher Cox, restructure him, save that money there. Then you do the post-June one with Bradbury and either Kelsey or Graham, and maybe you just restructure Graham and bring him back because they can only use those two spots. Um, Is that why I they resigned Albert O? And then I think they got to restructure like, The Albert O thing... <laughs> I have been thinking like way too much about the Alberto thing <laughs> because why have they now twice been so aggressive about get, like getting out ahead of the rest of the league to make sure we lock up Alberto and the rest of it? Like, is there a possibility that maybe the rest of the league doesn't think about him the same way? Like, why, why couldn't they just wait until free agency to see if they had the best Alberto offer? Like, what, what is going on? Chestnut checkers. Right? Chestnut? Chess, oh, oh, chess, not checkers. Yeah, I don't think this is a right? chess, not checkers. <laughs> Unless the chess was, we're going to trade for him and totally crater his value completely so that nobody else yeah. in the league will be interested and we can bring him back for a cheaper long-term deal. The rest of the league are a bunch of nincompoops when it comes to Alberto. 
So I'll explain this to you. You don't read our our iTunes comments, do you? No, I no, do not. Okay. But I did just look over at your computer and saw you Googled the word nincompoop. Yes, because uh, Ethan Lawrence wrote that um, he loves the show. And proof that I read all the comments is if I could sneak nincompoop into the next episode. Uh, so I snuck nincompoop, but you completely no sold it. I used it. But I mean, I... What I am I supposed to proper, sell? I used it in pro, like we could just carry on in conversation. They think the rest of the league are a bunch of nincompoops, right? Yeah, you broke. You laughed yourself. But, but you, well, you were silent there. What am I supposed to react to? Like, obviously, you are not going to use that word of your own volition, so something's going on. Well, I just want everyone to know I appreciate all your comments, good or bad. Uh, and I saw that, and we incorporated nincompoop into the show. Frankly, I don't think uh, Alberto is number two. I think he's number one. I think he's a nincompoop. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think th I think them proactively re-signing him is really very funny. Yeah. Um, but, but also but, big for me in Flu World Order because yep. now I'm up two points. So yeah. So anyways, back to the cap space is that I I look at it like I still think that I thought they were going to be aggressive going into the offseason. You hit it on the head in your Howie answer in that. It's not just more cap space for the Eagles. It's more cap space for everyone else. So in theory, every contract in, could go up. Every ask, and I, I, I should say, could go up a percentage, right? Because um, everyone knows teams are flush with cap space. I think where this helps teams more, it helps the top guys more. I don't think it affects the middle class so much. Uh, but I do think a team like the Eagles would be willing to take on more dead money this year because you can cut somebody, take the cap it, and still have the flexibility to add what you want. I think that's right. I think it means, like, I, I think it's it's going to be hard. I don't think they're going to be able to play at the top of any premier market. Sure. Like, you know, if if Chris Jones comes loose or if um, Legereus Sneed is available, or even uh, like Jalen Johnson or somebody yeah. like that. Most, you know, only one of those guys is likely to even come yeah. out. But like the premium guys at premium positions, they're, I don't think they're going to be able to play at that level, nor do they necessarily want to. But it probably gives them more flexibility to fill a couple more holes at like, you know, $2 million levels than they might have otherwise been able to. Although, the aforementioned 2020 combine, we were there, and the name we kept hearing over and over again was Byron Jones. And the Eagles were aggressive uh, going after Byron Jones. Um, Byron Jones wanted to go to Miami, and the Eagles quickly adjusted, right? They, their, their plan B in that case was signing Javon Hargrave and, tr and trading for Darius Slay. That worked out, right? But I, I, I would say that uh, that the Eagles will have a few contingencies here, and I do think they're 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 going to be players. I I agree with you that the top of the market there might be a price that's too high to go for Snead. There might be a price that's too high to go uh, for Jalen Johnson. That said, at this time last year, I don't think they thought that that uh, that James Bradbury was coming back. Right? They thought James Bradbury was 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 going to get a number that was beyond what the Eagles. Or or we're gonna assign them to. They thought they were gonna get uh, C.J. Gardner Johnson back. C.J. Gardner Johnson wanted a contract. C.J. Gardner Johnson is a free agent again. Is a free agent. You think again. there's any chance? I mean, if you can let bygones be bygones, right? It's 
business. It's not personal, right? So why not? He would certainly be an upgrade. He's 26 years old. Jonathan Gannon's not here anymore. What does it matter to 26 years old? Well, no, I I don't think it had to do with Gannon. I think it had to do with the... uh, well, yeah, but With he the did offer publicly throw Gannon under the bus a few times. Yeah, it was. I think it was the offer more than anything else. Well, yeah, I know, but yes, if they pay him this year, he's, that, that, I'm that saying would be letting bygones be bygones is what bygones. They, I don't know. By, did I say it incorrectly, Bo? Yeah, no, I just I never heard it quite like that. Bygones. You're giving it like a like a John, like a like. Okay, it's a Philadelphia, yeah, thing, right? Okay. It's kind of nice. Yeah. I've never I've never quite heard I'm it that sure way. How, I'm not sure how it's how it's said in uh, Westchester County, but that's how we say it in Philadelphia, right? Okay. Um, so by gones, uh, so combine. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think in C.J. Garner Johnson's case, it was the cap space last year. It, it was the contract last year more so than anything in Philly. So if he can get past that, if there's no bad blood there. They can do a lot worse than C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Okay. Well, uh, as we prepare to head to Indianapolis and you know see some of our friends from around the league, talk about uh, what's going to happen in the offseason ahead, You know, maybe get some funny stories about their respective beats, one thing we're going to be doing is just sharing some suds. And when we do that, you know we want Miller Lite, baby, because a lot has changed over the years, and one thing that hasn't is the great taste of Miller Lite. It was the original beer, and to this day, the original light beer, that is, and to this day, it is still the best one. Miller Lite has more of the taste you want and less of the stuff you don't. What do you look for in a great beer? Because what I look for is, what are you laughing at? <laughs> yeah, it's a dramatic pause. We're talking about the, the, you know, that golden color of Miller Lite. And you know what the good thing about Miller Lite is? You know, we're at these you're at the, these uh, crowded bars and you see like, oh, there's a, a head coach from some team over there talking a little bit aggressively to some female reporter. There's a, there's a GM, there's a scouting, you know, shoulder to shoulder, what's going on, all these different things. But you're, gonna, you're in there for the long haul. You got to be there until something shake loose. And you're in there for the long haul. Just like, let, me, let me have a middle light in my hand. Keep this bad boy going all night long. Because middle light keeps it simple. With its undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It is the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer, less filling, and only 96 calories. As we said, the original light beer since 1975. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Lite. Tastes like Miller Time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash birds, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces. Our flight lands a little too late tonight for me to pull out my game time app and check out the Pacers-Raptors game. But if it landed a little earlier, a little earlier in Indiana, I could check that out. And the great thing is that I know that Game Time has last-minute tickets to all the events I'm looking for, such as the Pacers-Raptors game tonight, and all the great events. Whether it was uh, Sixers Bucks yesterday, not the result that Sixers fans were looking for, or uh, all the all the um, the comedy and the music and the theater near you. 
Uh, I know Nate Bargatze is coming to town next week. You can check that one out. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all these sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area with image of seat views and lowest price guarantee and event cancellation protection. The thing I love about it is that you get image of seat views before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive and you buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email, which is great because sometimes they don't have good connection at these events and you have it right there. Uh, You can snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Uh, All right. A couple things on the coaching staff that I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. I think the one thing that that really jumps out to me, given the makeup of the staff and some of the roster building questions we're talking about and how much they need to improve this specific area the over-indexing on, uh, like, secondary guys, right? So you've got Christian Parker, who comes mm-hmm. from Denver and is the passing game coordinator slash defensive backs coach, everything. Then you've got Roy Anderson, who's the cornerbacks coach, and Joe Casper, who's the safeties coach. They also kept Ronnell Williams, although he's working with the linebackers now. Um, I just thought that that was an interesting thing. We haven't seen quite that level of, sure, like, that coaching title at that position didn't you think that was a little bit interesting uh to an extent i hear what you're saying i I think it's more a a manipulation of titles than anything else well then how do you think it works out because well because i'm saying in the past they've had like an assistant d-backs coach and they don't have that right so yeah I, i think christian parker is in charge right joe casper deals with the safeties particularly and uh, and Anderson with the cornerbacks, and that no uh, broken out Nichols coach this time. No broken out Nichols coach, which which would mean that the nickel would would probably be under the corner purview. But that was a Sean Desai creation, and so they were very much like Sean. You brought that no longer. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, obviously, yeah. what Sean was trying yes. to break out was based off what he knew from Vic, right? Like, sure, yeah, that. So that so that's 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 not what the Eagles have here, and uh, yeah, I, I I think it's more of a, a manipulation of 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 titles you know when they went to the super bowl uh dk mcdonald was the assistant d-backs coach for instance right um now it is you know they they have they have two of these guys here and that that's that stands out and then christian parker is in that denard wilson role where he's not just the d-backs coach but the um, passing game coordinator for for defense i think uh part of it is you know probably to, to to get someone to come there there might be you know contract stipulations to it right if you're paying a guy more than a quality control coach per se you give him a position coach title so i uh, that probably has 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 something to do with it that that didn't well jump i mean joe casper has taken it was yeah. he had the same title exactly in Miami. yep christian parker gets a bit gets bump a bump with the exactly. passing game coordinator yeah. but Roy so, anderson doesn't so that's what jumps out to me more than anything else okay um two other things one big picture i do think we, we talked a lot at the super bowl about like like my my um, antenna being up on this like dream team coaching staff, and I think that the way that it has shaken out makes it feel less so like that. Okay. Um, For know, what reason? Well, they didn't add. You know, it's not 
um, you know, Mike Caldwell or Joe Barry as the linebackers coach, right? Um, no, no shots on the guy that they did hire, Bobby King. Yeah. <laughs> but is, is is Joe Barry Colin Jenkins in that situation? Yeah, is he Derek Light? Like who's the who's? Yeah, I think he's Colin Jenkins. Okay, he's Colin Jenkins. Okay. Yeah, I think he's the guy who 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 if, like is there to give some kind of uh, veteran leadership and turns out to be uh, cancerous. Um, comes from Green Bay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so I think it all makes sense. Um, you know, you get you get some of Vic, Vic's guys, and I agree with what you said to Rich that like it is a little bit surprising how much continuity there has been on offense yeah. um, on that staff, given like what we were expected to see from a, a turnover standpoint, like how quickly they jettisoned Brian Johnson um, and Alex Tanny, and it does sort of like Alex Tanny really got kind of a short shrift. It, it feels like it, looking back now that everybody else stayed, but. Um, I think it's interesting. It also makes it feel a little bit less like this is just Kellen Moore's show to run on offense. Like, I think it's pretty clear that, like, there's there's still the Sirianni continuity. Um, I'll push back on, on that. I actually think the Alex Tanny move is, is directly related to the Kellen Moore move, right? Kellen Moore wants his quarterback's coach in there. Right, you get one guy. Yeah, yeah you, you get your quarterback's coach. Um, so that's – that's uh, and that's a pretty significant – spot on the coaching staff there. yeah no doubt so so the real you're you're looking at, at tight ends coach running backs coach and wide receivers coach right we we talked about the possibility of Aaron Moorhead uh because he had been there for a, a long time and typically you see wide receivers coaches maybe connected to the quarterback this coach. year they'd have Aaron Leshead uh I don't know the appropriate response to that but that is basically it yeah. okay okay um Sure. So, so you so you so you don't react at all to nincompoop, but <laughs> I am supposed to give a salient retort. No, to, I'm saying you to, didn't. I, I'm not uh, saying you're supposed to. Less head. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. What 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 jumped out to me, and I said this the other day, is like the experience on the staff, and it's directly. And I guess we're focusing more on the defensive side because that's where most of the turnover came. But even a quarterback's coach, right? Like Alex Tanney, we heard really good things about last year. Uh, veteran in the league, worked up the coaching ranks. Like, like you respect the way he came up. But you're bringing in someone here, a quarterback's coach, who has a lot of, you know, and Duck Nussmeyer, who has a lot of experience in this role, who's been a but this is why I think a, that, a play that, caller at the college level. This is why I think that I, uh, why I say that Tanny got a short shrift because you don't hire Alex Tanny at whatever how old he was last year mm -hmm. and expect him to be a fully formed quarterbacks sure. coach in year one. Like you, the reason you hire someone like that is because you see like potential for growth. Okay, and it's it, like it's like the Michael Clay conversation we had. Like everybody's banging on Michael Clay two years ago as a first time special teams coach as like a twenty nine year old. And two years later, he's got the best special teams in the league by DVOA, right? So, like, sometimes, and I'm not saying that, like, Alex Tenney deserved yeah. to keep his job, but if, and, and maybe you can't fill out the whole staff with guys like that, right? You need some more fully formed guys. I just mean him specifically, like, yeah, if you're going to give him that job with a guy who was the quarterback's coach as the offensive coordinator, yeah, you can't, you can't expect him to be, you know, a fully formed guy year one. I hear you there. It's the same way as going with a young player at a position, and then you're, he underachieves or the team underachieves, and you upgrade at that position. Uh, that's that's the way I'd look at it. I, I think Alex Tanney could have a bright future as a coach. The offense struggled. The Eagles fired Brian Johnson. 
the Eagles, uh, you, you know, you make that change. You bring in an offense coordinator. He wants a quarterback's coach. It's kind of the price of doing business. So, sure, yeah. So that's that's my interpretation of 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 that. But does it stand out to you? Like, do you see the contrast with the way they put the staff together last year, post Super Bowl, with internal promotions or college guys? Yeah, and to me, that that's just the timing of the okay. of the market. Don't you think? Like, yeah, ab- because absolutely. last year they had to make all those changes. Yeah after most of the jobs had been filled. And so they had to promote internally yeah. or, or find guys who maybe weren't quite as qualified as others. Yeah, if, if you're hiring a linebacker's coach in the middle of February, um, you're, either, you're either hiring someone who's out of work completely or someone from, from college, right? So, yeah. Did now, you notice, by the way, and I know, I know that you did notice this, but it was interesting. Remember last year, uh, the offensive coordinator search was so small. It was, it was Brian Johnson, Kevin Petulo, basically, and then they had to fulfill the Rooney rule to interview a minority candidate from elsewhere. And remember, we asked Nick about it at the at the combine last year, yeah. and he mentioned that they had a they had a Zoom interview with Nate Skeelhass. Good from, job with the pronunciation uh, yeah. from Iowa, who Iowa was State. this Iowa State rather yeah. this this young guy. And it seemed like like they were just sort of doing a favor to you know uh, the the Sirianni. Uh, Larry Karras coaching tree there, but then he gets a Skillhouse gets a gets a jump this year. Goes joins the, the the Sean McVay staff. Yeah, good for him. They're good at identifying coaches. There you go. Uh, last thing on the coaching staff, just to note because we you know we had that very awkward interaction with Jordan Mailata at the combine or at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I didn't think it was rather, as awkward as as, the, as, the, as we didn't see the Roy East fan departure. Yeah, I didn't think it was awkward. Why do you I, think it was awkward? It was extremely awkward. Nah, he was he was emotional. Like I, I was curious, wasn't that the, the the type of reaction you were seeking? Well, I didn't think I was going to be breaking the news to him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, do you think that there's like a a huge group text about this? Yeah. <laughs> if you if one of if one of our bosses got fired or left the job, yeah. don't you think? Somebody would so, have told you. So when would you be disappointed if nobody had told you? So here, here's here's my response to you. If if you're on vacation and I'm texting you with a bunch of thoughts about the Eagles, you're like, why are you? That's not true. Here? That was that was one time. Okay, but um, but but yeah. So Super Bowl week. Okay, these guys are scattered around the country. Yeah, I don't think they're they're checking in on the coaching staff at that point. Don't you think that you would have you wouldn't have expected that? As news trickles that Roy East fan is going to Cleveland, that yeah. Roy might not text Jordan Mailata, say like thanks for all the memories. Like sure, when when things are kind of signed, sealed, and 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 delivered, he's probably sending that message out. Um, but I, I yeah, I I thought of, first of all, I, I thought it was a a reasonable question, and it was a nice response. You saw like the mm, raw I sort of emotion. made I maybe made too much light of it given it's, the fact that he didn't know. You saw the raw emotional. Yeah, I I thought you were looking for like a, a joking. I thought you were asking the question in a joking way. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be too jokey, but I thought that he knew. Oh, yeah. No, I, I wasn't under the impression that this was like, you know, uh, the presidential election and everyone knew who won. Like, I, I, I thought this was... Uh, <laughs> With an odd comparison. <laughs> I was giving something that and we all... And by the way, a lot of people still don't know who won. <laughs> okay. Uh, this to me is... Yeah, I, I, I thought it took a little time for this new... Well, anyway, all of that yes. is to say that shout out to TJ Paganetti, who is now the guy who is the assistant yes. offensive line coach. He has worked with Jeff Stalin as the like assistant run game coordinator over the past couple of years, worked with running backs and tight ends. Now he's the guy in the O-line room. And the second longest tenure coach on the Eagles. 
Two. Jeff Stellan. There you go. Yeah. Uh, all right. Before we continue on, one last thing to tell you about, and that is the big sale we've got going on right now on the PHLY Locker. 30% off. And I know that everybody in the chat is talking about how fashionable Zach Berman is. Well, if you want to be as fashionable as uh, the man who thinks that he is the most fashionable person in Philadelphia, well, you can go to the PHLY Locker. 30% off everything, including Zach's underwear. No, no, that's not the case. But you get a great selection of, of, of shirts and a growing inventory uh, that we have on, on, online. So make sure you check that out. I have a bunch in my closet. A um, couple notes from listening to the mailbag. Just two. Yes. Actually, maybe three. Okay. I'm not, uh, I actually thought you did a good job uh, representing the mailbag. Okay, thank you. Stance. Uh, yeah, I'm not like, uh, you know, virulently anti-mailbag. It's just, I don't know. Come on. <laughs> Why? If, I, I finished the sentence. You're not anti-mailbag, but come on, give me a break. Yeah, it's a little lazy. Oh, you see, I, I, I disagree there. It's, it's like, uh, it's finding out what's on the minds of these people who are watching and listening to I'm happy to, to answer people, questions from people in the chat. I'm not, we, can do, we can do a mailbag episode once a month or something okay. like that, but you know. You put out a mailbag column on Monday. You do a mailbag <laughs> episode on Friday. I mean, you know, how excited come on. were you? How excited were you when Bill Simmons's mailbags came out back? In the oh day? my! This is my second note. Okay. Yes. Like, how deeply jealous must you be of Shil Kapadia that all you you do nothing but talk about Bill Simmons? Like, what does this do with Shil? Well, he works. It's his boss. I'm. 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 I couldn't aware. believe like the level of gas you were giving to Bill Simmons uh, in that episode. I could keep. And you more. just brought him up out of out of random today. Yeah, I think if it's it's fair to say if you're a 37 year old sports fan, uh, so someone of our generation who was who was like reading. It's sports interesting writing. because the, like uh, that's not like um, that's not your style of writing. Uh, well, first of all, styles are my like. If you're oh really yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the great thing is that I I like I like things that are original that are uh, he would I would print off what he said and Peter I, I'll talk about Peter King later but I would have these printouts you know we we had a certain allotment of paper we were allowed to use and in your house or at school no at school I wouldn't print off at home okay um, at 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 school and so uh, when I was in college there was one computer lab that did not monitor the printing like you didn't mm. have to so you didn't have to sign in so i would go to that computer lab nice and i would print out peter king's columns on monday and bill simmons's columns and uh I, in some of these lectures where maybe i was i, w I would have that wow. underneath and i would read all the, yeah so i was big on that in high school too i would do the same thing you know and when uh julia was uh was in, in the skipping free, class no 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 during free period yeah, yeah, yeah. During free period, when you know, you know, Joy was like the center of attention in like the oh. student center. I was over in the computer lab reading uh, Bill Simmons and reading Peter King. Yeah, two totally different writers who I thought were. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I mean, listen, I, I was. I grew up reading Bill Simmons too. Exactly. I'm just saying, like you, you kept going out of your way to, to gas the guy up. You know, give me a break. I'm happy to do so. What's the next note? Uh. My, this is the only serious note. The, yeah. the like the surplus value thing about yeah. like positions in the first round. I think that stuff gets a little bit overstated. Um, 
it's so much more to me about like what are the the chances of getting a good player than and it, and it's the it's the point that Rich made um, about like well yeah like maybe an offensive tackle is going to give you a bigger surplus value but if you're not playing him for two years yeah. you don't get that surplus value. Sure. Um, I think that stuff is just a little bit um, dogmatic, and there are, there are some people who are like they think that they have solved the draft by just draft the the positions, and I don't think that is the case. I think it's much more about like, yeah, linebackers don't get paid a lot, but also first round linebackers don't tend to be very good, hmm. um, and the same like running backs are are fine. Uh, it's more about and and it's the point you made like you get good tackles in the first round. That's more important to me than, and part of that is because they go early because they're an important position. But that's more important to me than, than the surplus value. I, I think I think chasing, like cap savings vis-a-vis like high market contracts is silly in a in a league where the salary cap continues to raise every year. Like that savings is so much less important than getting the good players. Nice. Good point, and that actually leads to a combine question I had for you. Okay, um, which is, combine. <laughs> which is, so we know in 2021 there was not a combine, and he didn't have this standardized testing data, and the Eagles had probably their best draft of like the past five years, right? I mean, Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, Milton Williams. Now, obviously they were they were drafting high in the first round, high in the second round. Um, you, I get all that, but you think they were high when they were drafting? My question to you is that if there was not a combine the following year, okay, twenty twenty two, would they still have drafted Jordan Davis, or do you think that because oh, interesting? And I ask that because that's someone. Look, he was, he was like the top the top defensive lineman in college football that year, right? But that combine showed how freakish of an athlete he was. And perhaps if you were just going based on film, you wouldn't talk yourself as much into the pass rushing upside. And conversely, when you have someone like Kyle Hamilton, who now I understand they're, they're not going to prioritize safety the same way they did the, the defensive tackle. But Kyle Hamilton, who is like a, a special talent for Notre Dame, you know, and, and you saw all the draft rankings based on film, he's up there as like a top five player. But you're saying, do you really want to draft a four-six-three safety in the first round, right? I think that's 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 what it was. Um, that's a roundabout way of saying if you didn't have combine testing, do you think the 2022 draft will look different? Uh, probably so. But but I mean, they had they had athletic testing data on the guys in 2021 from pro days, which are notoriously like sure. But it's yeah. a little. I mean, yeah. they, you 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 maybe devalue it a little yeah. bit, but you still get the information. But, but so, like, for instance, Devontae Smith, they didn't draft him based on athletic testing. Right. Yeah. I think, I think um, you're right that Jordan Davis's value maybe went up a little bit too much based off that testing data. But also it's important to know that, like, this guy has these traits in his body that are different than anybody at that size in recent history. Um, it's like anything. Like, I think more information is good. But sometimes you can sort of twist yourself into pretzels trying to overvalue different things. I do think that there's like a um, like a prospect fatigue thing that yeah. that happens. Like with with Kyle Hamilton, it happened. We talked about it a lot with Panay Sewell. Remember, sure. it's like this guy uh, was supposed to be the very best tackle we've seen in a while, and then all of a sudden he slips to six for whatever reason. I feel like that's happening a little bit with Marvin Harrison right now. Um, well, that's a big mistake if it is. But yeah. Um, 
And like, I, I just think there are some guys like that where they're, they're in the, you poke holes for so long yeah. that maybe it gets a little bit silly. Like Jameer Nelson at St. Joe's back. Yeah. Sure. Um, and as to, re- as relative to like this year, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how to answer that at the end. Okay. So, uh, my next question for the combine, can I ask you okay. this? Sure. Or are there, are there more show notes you had? No, that's it. Okay. Um, on the topic of more information. Okay. Just like Delonte West. Uh, you hear these coaches who are not going to the combine. Uh, Robert Sawa. Mike, yeah. Uh, you, you, you have Mike McCarthy. Sean McVay doesn't go, right? And I keep It's funny that McCarthy doesn't go when, like, Jerry Jones parks the Cowboys yeah. bus just in, in the middle of downtown Indy. And I, I keep hearing these, these coaches feel like they can be more, like, there's more for them to do in the offices than at the combine. And they don't need to be around like the whole show of the combine. And this befuddles me. First off, what are you doing in the office the week of February 26th? That is like so important that it, it's, it's, uh, it's better than being around these prospects face to face. Like being, it, I mean, to me, it's, it's almost, it's like, I'm, I'm too cool to go to that party. Right? Like what? Well, I agree with you. That it's a little bit silly. Like and it's what's li- going on in the a, office? It's a little bit, look yeah. at me. Um, and I do think there are times like you can overvalue like a, you know, how a guy is in a meeting. Sure, like that absolutely. is probably something that is not the most indicative of success. And like you can fool yourself. Like we can all think about like guys who were really good interviews yeah. as, as young guys and turned out to not be very good players. I also think it's kind of funny... Uh, for you, because like these are guys who are saying, well, this is where I can be more efficient. This is where I can get the better work done. That feels like that would actually. Yeah, but like, I'm wondering, tug at what you. are they doing that's 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 more efficient? I I think it's it's like to make a statement against what the combine has become, right? And I hear you, which there. I think is fair. But it's incumbent upon you to like define the value in in being there. Do you really think that watching the workouts? Uh, online and I think zooming the, into these interviews or, or like you have tapes of all these interviews to me it's look you're you don't have to be there for six days right and you don't have to also you don't have to participate in like the whole you know social uh, well that's the thing though, is I think for I think the value the the real value at the combine I mean like the most important thing is the medicals right that's mm-hmm. the thing yes. that actually matters the most the number two thing is for like the GMs and the personnel people, that is where a lot of their real conversations sure. are happening, uh, whether that is with agents over you know f- possible free agents or guys you want to resign yep. or potential trade opportunities. We you know the the Carson Wentz deal right that started in uh, the combine, like just having that conversation yep. with Mike Tannenbaum, right? Um, that stuff is valuable and that stuff is real for scouts and for like lower level coaches the like uh, the socialization sure. is valuable for your long term career prospects yes. like you make connections that could come to fruition 3 or 4 years down the line or more than that but for Mike McCarthy I don't know that there is any value there okay. right like what is Mike McCarthy getting out of it he's he doesn't need more connections 
He doesn't. Well, that's my point. You don't have to scout. Like he's not making the decisions in the draft room anyway. Like, but like you don't have to do that part of it. You can be in your hotel room and you know reading a good book if you want. Like, that's why you think Mike McCarthy should go. You think Mike McCarthy needs <laughs> no. to go to the combine so that he can sit no, in his room is, and read a good book about Austin Powers. Oh, Austin Powers. He's a big Austin Powers guy. Is that right? Okay. Um, my point is, you don't have to be at the bar at 2 a.m. like to get the full combine experience. Like, like you can be there face-to-face with the player you're, you're going to draft, and there could be value there. Um, I, I, I get it. It is more valuable for the personnel side of it than like for the head coaches, but I just wonder what plays are you putting in the playbook on February 26th that beats being at an event where you can be around the people you're drafting? Okay. What's your third question? Well, that, I was, I, I was going to ask you what you would do if you were a head coach. I mean, I would probably go. Okay. Okay. And then my last one for you is, like, you're a, a man about town. What's, uh, what's the combine like for you? How much? <laughs> Why are you smiling? What are you, what are you supposed to, what are you hinting at? And this is very weird. No, I, you know, so, so bring the viewers in, the listeners in on your combine experiences. What is this, like, <laughs> smirk that you have? Like you think there's like there, there's like a brothel in downtown Indianapolis that's gonna get a lot of business. What are you talking about? How did you get from what I said to that? I'm saying give the behind the scenes of how you've experienced it from different sides here. You've been uh, you've been you know with the team website when you guys are there like through the weekend, right? Um, yeah. You've been there, uh, you know, as a beat writer where you're popping in and out. You've been there in a lot of different ways, like like. Give, give some insight on your combine experience. <laughs> this is weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> you asked me a thousand personal questions. Here's what it, I'm going to do. I'm going to get there. I'm going to hope to have dinner with you and Marissa tonight. Okay. Okay. Tomorrow, I'm going to hope to have breakfast with a friend and dinner with a friend. Oh, there you and go. then on Wednesday, the same thing. And hope to leave and be gone. I like... You know, we'll probably we'll probably end up going to some bar late at night and there's going to be weird people watching of like different people in the NFL. And you're going to hope to get like a five minute conversation that's going to lead to nowhere. And you're going to say, oh, wow, that was great. And honestly, we'll have a I'll have a better time talking to a couple like other media people in the business. Okay. what about you, Zach? (laughs) Why were you so taken aback by that question? I don't know because it, you had such a weird, like, such a weird leading question. I, I don't know what you were going for. I've written about the combine experience. If you want to know what I like, what life was like for Bo Wolf at the combine, you can read that story about staying at the Starbucks for the whole day. Okay, what is your experience okay, so like, Zach? Is, what will you be doing? So wait, so therefore, for the listeners, go find an article from two years ago yeah. instead of me telling you now about my combat. Like, isn't that yeah? Part because of the that show? was the experience. That like, okay, I don't so know, this, is, this like, is the show here. This is the show, right? We're taking people <laughs> inside behind the scenes. Isn't this what? Okay, Zach, what's your experience going to be like? Well, now you asked. Um, so I've, I've experienced it a lot of different ways in the sense that uh, when I started, you know, I was there for six days and, you know, really I was talking to every or as many prospects as I could. And the prospects were a big part of it. Um, we're not doing as much prospect interviews when we're there now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I like to go. I like to see a lot of different people. Um, 
as I said, uh, I, I think I said this on the air the other day, is that one of the benefits is like seeing coaches and front office executives who are no longer with the team, who you might not cross paths with as as much, and it's good to catch up with them. Like similar to if you uh, there's a if there's someone who you went to college with and you hadn't seen them in a while, and you can you you can catch up and chat. Um, you see people uh, within the team. You can see people. Uh, you can see people from other markets. There's a lot of information discussing. I don't want to even say trading, but perhaps perhaps what it is from. You know, you're you're talking to these the CHGO Bears reporters about, you know, what do you get a sense of what the Bears are going to do? How are they going to approach free agency? Right? There's there's different types of uh, restaurants and bars and bakeries and um, and <laughs> and uh, coffee. I was looking for coffee shops where you can you know see Great different food people. City. Yeah, it is actually. Um, now, n- not always concentrated downtown, but if you go like up Mass Ave or you go down. Um, I forget the name of that square, uh, but there's some really good restaurants in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, so th- I always look forward to it. This is an event that uh, it's it's a highlight on, on my calendar every year. As I said, I've been going to it now since uh, since 2013. My first combine, I was there talking to Lane Johnson, and now here I am covering Lane Johnson going into year 12 for him. So I very much look forward to this. My honest answer is that, um, like the uh, magic is not the right. Like the the allure of the combine is pretty dull for me at this point. Okay. I don't know. Like I I I, I was uh, away at the Senior Bowl. I was away at the Super Bowl. Like I'd rather be home with my family. <laughs> okay. And I, and I will feel that. So that's really my honest answer. Gotcha. Okay. Now, I, I, I have said in the past I'm more of an owner's meetings guy than a... Well, yeah, I, you love a billionaire. Um, I, I don't know how to interpret that comment. Um, no, I, I, I think at the owner's meetings you have uh, substantive conversations with the GMs, the head coaches, the owners, right? They're, the reason I like the owner's meetings more than the head coaches. I don't know where the tongue-in-cheek comment was, is that when the 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 uh, the combine is very much a business trip for the people who are there, the combine, the owners' meetings is more of like a vacation for the NFL personnel with some work mixed in, but it's a chance to really have more substantive conversations, and things have happened by the time the owners' meeting took place. So you can talk about the additions to the team. You can talk about uh, some of the changes that they made at the combine, so all these coaches have press conferences tomorrow and Wednesday. Sean McDermott's going today. But it's like a, a race to tell you the least, basically, because they're not going to reveal their plans, right? Um, so uh, some of it's the theoretical conversation. Some of it's players on their own team. Some of it's decisions that were made in the past month. Uh, but that's why I, I like the owners' meetings better, but always look forward to the combine. All right, let's close this out. You wanted to uh, spin a little yarn about Peter King. Yeah, uh, so overnight I read Peter King's column that uh, he is retired, or I put retiring in quotes because that's how he framed it. You know, he'll, he'll still look for something to do. But Peter King um, means so much to me uh, for my career, like for my football consumption. Uh, he, I have not gone a Monday during a football season and most the offseason. There's periods like in the summer when – they don't have those columns, but where I'm not reading Peter, um, it's hard to find something that is as consistent 
in my life as Peter King's Monday morning columns. Uh, that's, that's not hyperbole. Uh, and it's a great influence on my reporting. It's a great influence on um, my like writing style for like notes type things. Uh, and just observing him uh, do the job, seeing the consistency, seeing the professionalism, um, seeing the integrity. Uh, it's an example to so many. Um, every, you know, and there are people in this business who have far more interactions with him than I have. But every interaction I've had with him, I, I remember. I mean, similar to how I frame it, you know, when a, when a quarterback or head coach is in the building, um, every interaction in that building stands out to that person. Every interaction I've had with Peter King, like, it, 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 it might be so inconsequential to him, it's seared in my mind years later, right? How, 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 however long it's, it's been. So uh, it's just I, I, I hope everyone uh, read his column today and uh, the football journalism, football reporting, uh, and Monday mornings are not the same without Peter King. Well said. Yeah, I would, I would echo. He's, he's always been very gracious, and uh, I respect that he's always sort of like tried to uh, not pass the baton, but sort of spread the love of uh, other good football writing that's going yeah. on. I would say he's yours included. Great. He's, he's, he's yours been very... Too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, shout out to Peter. Okay. There you go. From uh, Peter King to uh, Peter Prince, hopefully the new king. Zach Prince. I don't know. Peter Prince, but uh, oh, King, King Prince. Prince. Here you go. Ah, uh, you. You're on the next level there. I don't know. Just so next time we talk for something. Next time we talk to everyone, we are going to be in Indianapolis. We will have heard from Howie Roseman yes. and Nick Sirianni. Um, and looking forward to it. Uh, if you put a comment in the iTunes section, I will surely read it and apply it to the show. But uh, this was fun. All right. That was fun. Uh, thank you, to everybody, for watching and listening. Once again, tomorrow's episode is at 3 p.m. If you want to watch it live, we will be uh, recapping what we heard from Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni. And then the rest of the week live at noon from Indianapolis on Wednesday. Then we fly back Thursday morning. So we'll be back here in studio on Thursday and Friday for Zach. And Julia, I'm Bo. We thank you for watching and listening. We will talk to you tomorrow. And as always, we love you. We all silly like the mayor. 